Hey, welcome back, everybody. It's time once again for Closing the Wealth Gap. The one show, maybe the only show that shows you how to close the wealth gap in your own life with the man who's done it for many, our wealth coach himself, Tyrone French. Hey, Tyrone. Mr. Paul Roberts, how are you doing today, sir? I am ready and waiting. I got my notepad out. I'm ready to, I got my thinking cap on. I'm ready to learn some more here. You know, I'm going to start out by, you know, just giving a big shout out uh, to, to our listeners and viewers and the feedback that they're giving us, uh, the positive energy. And I just want to say I, I appreciate everybody. And this is a this is a labor of love for me, Paul. This is just something I that, can tell. you know, I just I'd love to do it. It's something that I don't have to think about. It's something that I, I love to share. I love to to give. I love to, to help where I can. And this really is almost like a, a ministry for me, man. I just it is. You know, I love it. It, it's that uh, hidden preacher in you here coming out. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't know about all that. I, I wouldn't consider myself as John the Baptist or anything like that, you know, or, or Jim Rohn. Or, but again, you know, I've just, you know, we're living in a very crucial time where, I, matter of fact, I'm going to pivot here. I read an article the other day where. Uh, Bank of America, they're going to increase the minimum wage. I saw that, yeah, to substantially, $25, yeah. Yes, and I was thinking about the show. I mean, this is just a part two of what we were, or a continuation of what we talked about last last week based on inflation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's a good idea for all of these companies to increase the minimum wage because we were talking about how wages were stagnant mm-hmm. and that, you know, in the future, it's about purchasing power. Inflation uh, is the problem. But we got this thing called an income tax. Mm. And so if wages, when wages go up, then the amount of income tax that you have to pay on those wages go up as well. Ooh, yeah. And again, people aren't thinking about that, Paul. What they're saying is like, oh, I'm making more money. And what the government is saying is that we're taking more money. See, when you get a raise, the government gets a raise as well. And then, let me explain this. Let me explain this. And going back to inflation and going back to the central bank that was uh, that was formed in 1913. Well, guess what? The same year that they instituted the central bank, because the central bank was supposed to be the stop the stopgap as far as the economy falling apart. Right, because we've had for centuries, goes up, goes down, goes up, it's down. There have been panics in the 1800s, panics in the 1900s, banks fail, everybody loses, big problem. Right, so back in 1907, there was a huge crash. A lot of people don't think about it, they don't talk about it. But back in 1907, there was a, there was a huge uh, a financial crash and that's what ushered in the central bank. Now, now the, the, I'm going to type central... that in as you're talking here. I'm going to go Google that because I did yes. not know there is. Well, I know there were several in the late 1800s, uh, you know, as we became a more industrialized society and banking became more important. We weren't just trading goods anymore, taking my corn to market and trading you for right. a horse or a pig or whatever. As we started, to, uh, as we moved into an industrial society, I couldn't trade chickens for a car. I right. couldn't shade chickens for a tractor, so I had to right. have some intermediary, and we came, 
we'd always had money, but money seemed to become more important in the early 1900s as, right. as we couldn't exactly. barter anymore. Exactly. And see, money money is a medium of, of exchange, like you said, to, something to barter with. Mm-hmm. So um, the Bank of England, which is the central bank for England, they, it was always established, it was always there. So in the United States in, 2000, in uh, 1907, they were saying, oh, look, okay, we need to have something like the Bank of England based on having a central bank. So they had this meeting uh, in, in, uh, on Jekyll Island. And Jekyll. there's a book. There's, down, a, there's a book. Down in Georgia, called. actually. I was such that's a crazy name, but there is an island called Jekyll Island yeah. where the rich used to go hang out. Yes, yeah. and it, it was the, the meeting was held in secrecy, and the, the central bank came out of that. And there's a guy, uh, his name is, uh, what is his name? Uh, G. Edward Griffin. He wrote this book called The Creature of Jekyll Island. Uh, it's a great read. It's a big book. It's a large, you know, pretty big book. Uh, it's, it's it's pretty thick. Doctor Jekyll you and Mister Hyde living on Jekyll Island. A little uh, a little irony there. They're talking at right. Jekyll but Island. But if you have if you have a chance uh, and you really want to understand our banking system, you need to read that book. But anyway, um, getting back to this uh, to the, to the format, uh, Central Bank was created in 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 nineteen thirteen. Because of the because of what happened in, in uh, 1907, but in the same year, they did a constitutional amendment that made income tax permanent. Mm. Now you tell me, do you think that was coincidence? <laughs> because in order for you to pay your income tax, you have to pay your income tax in dollars or with dollars. Can't and pay so, it. In, can't pay it in chickens. Can't pay it in chickens, like you said. You can't barter with the IRS with chickens, so you had to pay it with dollars. And once you understand that the dollar is an instrument of debt and there's interest being generated on every dollar that's, that's in circulation, it just opened the floodgates for banks to make huge sums of money. Can I interrupt you for one second here? I did sure. look it up on Wikipedia. It's In those days, they didn't call them recessions or depressions. They always called them panics because there exactly. was a panic. So if you, if you Google the panic of 1907, which I did, let me just read this because I gotta, I gotta acknowledge, I was a history major at the University of Michigan. I was an honors history major. I thought I knew American history in and out. I never heard of the Panic of 1907, and yet it apparently was so big that it led to this legislation. So here, let me, exactly. let me just summarize this and read this here. Panic of 1907, also known as the 1907 Bankers Panic or Knickerbocker Crisis, was a financial crisis that took place in the U.S. over a three-week period starting in mid-October when the New York Stock Exchange fell 50%. Uh, and it all had to do with yes. a scheme. Somebody was trying to corner the market on a stock called United Copper Company, and when the bid failed, banks that had lent money to the cornering scheme suffered runs that later spread throughout their system and eventually yes. throughout the country. Everybody yes. ran to get their money out, yes. and the mon- wasn't enough money, money wasn't there, there wasn't there. And they didn't. They didn't have a clue that the money wasn't there. And it led to the, led to the downfall of the Knickerbocker Trust Company. Knickerbocker was a common term in New York. I forgot where that comes from, but there's all sorts of Knickerbockers in those days because it was a Dutch colony originally. Knickerbocker Trust Company was New York's third largest bank and fell apart. So, people ran to get their that, money, and it wasn't there. So hold that thought. Let's let's fast forward a hundred years. Almost to the date, mm-hmm. what happened in two thousand and seven? Yeah, and, and wasn't that in October too, or around October? 
Seems well, like I can't remember. It was around, I can't remember the exact month. I mean, like, like I said, we can Google that. But again, we had another panic. Yeah. In 2007, which was which ushered in the Great Recession. Do you think that was a coincidence, Paul? Hundred mm. years later, same same scenarios. The rest of this article says that the only thing that stopped the panic in 1907 is J.P. Morgan. We've all heard of the great J.P. Morgan. You know, uh, J.P. Morgan Trust and banking and everything. That's the one of the first Chase. of those uh, Chase Bank and all that stuff here. One of the first of the great uh, when they what did they call it in that era? The robber barons, Mac, you know, robber barons, the, the Rockefellers and all the people, the uh, Carnegies and everything. The first giant financiers and industrialists in the country. Uh, and he pledged personally some large sums of his own money to stop the panic. I will pull my pile of money out and lend it to banks if you don't have it to shore up the banking system and it, the article then says this highlighted the importance of the nation's independent treasury system which managed the nation's money supply yet was unable to inject liquidity back into the market at that time so the treasury system was in a panic they couldn't do it that's when you say they created the fed i didn't know that yes yes and at the same year they did a constitutional amendment to to initiate a permanent income tax same now, year now tyrone come on i i was an honors major at the university of michigan surely you can't lecture me on history and yet you just did how do you know all this stuff <laughs> not trying to lecture you buddy i just like i said i just i love to read i love to study i, I mean I'm a, i love to to research i mean i'm a researcher and the thing is a lot of this stuff it fascinates me but it's an independent corporation and their job is to do what just to regulate the money supply and to force banks to have a certain reserve on hand and then if it there's a panic they're the stopgap they're the ones that create money and infuse it into the system look at it like this back in 2007 2008 uh congress voted on this emergency emergency measure and they called it the tarp right and it was a, it was almost it was like 395 billion so just round up to four four billion dollars uh, right. 400 billion dollars right okay 400 billion dollars people thought that was a lot of money but the federal reserve actually in, injected almost four trillion dollars what almost four trillion dollars as a stopgap we were at the brink that's what everybody said the, the system we were, had failed because it because had failed what because this whole housing crisis revealed that they were selling mortgages to people that had no business in having a mortgage. The AIG said, "We don't worry, we'll insure all of them." And then they couldn't insure all of them when they started to fail, fall apart. The banks didn't have enough money to cover the losses. Didn't understand the depth of the losses because they're marking this stuff and reselling it as derivatives and crazy financial products to other people. And it just spread. And suddenly, this push to get everybody a mortgage, whether they're qualified or not, led to a ton of bad mortgages that all started to collapse at once and collapse the banking system, which meant no money, business. Hey, I got to go borrow money to make payroll. I got to go borrow money to this. Sorry, we got no money to lend. Remember, remember last on the last show we talked about. There's a huge difference between currency and money. Yeah, go and through so that being, again. What was, what was being lent? And they call it they call it fractal fractal reserve lending. Right. So what was being lent, the, it was the, the corporations, uh, Wall Street, Main Street, was all of this currency was circulating. And then all of a sudden, 
it was it just stopped it's like the grease in the wheels it suddenly there was nothing to grease the wheels there was no currency flowing there was no credit being issued people couldn't and i'm showing how many companies borrow money now to pay the payroll on we're going to collect the money next week but lend me some money short term loan lending banks lend each other money short term and do all this stuff to cover it there's all this and when that flow stops the economy stops it goes back to look look at your body you have blood, a store of blood in your body. Yes, I okay? do. And it circulates through all of your organs. That's right. Currency is the same as blood in the body. Oh, Once okay. that currency stops flowing, the body will die. Yeah. If there's a if there's a if there's a large enough puncture wound in the body to where as that blood is comes rushes rushing out of the body, the body will die. It's almost like look at you, you, you're sleeping on your arm one, you, know, you go to sleep, you're sleeping on your arm, you cut off that circulation in your arm. Yeah, done that. Your arm feels like it's 150 pounds. Numb. It's numb. But once the circulation starts going through again, you start feeling the tingling again, it becomes lighter and lighter. Currency is the same way in the economy. That's why when you hear people talking about the national debt and talking about getting rid of the national debt, mm-hmm paying it off, they don't have a clue as what they're talking about. Because if nobody owed anybody any money and, and the currency stopped circulating, the economy would, would collapse. Hmm. Banking would, because that's how they make money. They don't just, you don't pay them a fee to, to protect your money and give it to you back. They're not just a big vault where it's stored. They make money uh, they don't charge you to take your money because they lend it to people and make money on that. They lend oh, it to again, each it's other. Not, to... It's not just banking. It's 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 the entire system. Like, uh, let's say, like, because the Federal Reserve, they control the interest rates. So when they when they lower the interest rate, uh, wealthy people, corporations, uh, other financial institutions, they borrow money because it's cheap money. And what they do is they lend that money out at a higher interest rate. So they're making money just by loaning people money. And so when you don't have that option anymore, when you lose that option, people will stop borrowing. money. that's why when the Fed want people to when they want to uh, uh, when they want the currency to slow down because prices are increasing, the more currency you have in the economy, the prices begin to in, they, they begin to grow. Demand. To increase. We all got. We're, I, I, how much that bike? I got ten people want the bike. The price goes up. Yeah. Not because manufacturers are increasing their prices. It's because the money is being devalued. You need more dollars just to buy that same item. So the Fed has to come in and low and increase the interest rates to get people to stop buying. The, the, the slow down that uh, the, the money supply, the, the, you know, to bring it down. That's how they control it, by lowering interest rates and increasing uh, interest rates based on borrowing. So let me. So they're just like a giant tap. They turn the tap on, they turn the tap off just to keep the, the currency flowing, the blood flowing they through your body. They control the amount of currency that's in the economy at any given time. That's what they do. So let me ask you this. If you understand now that that the Federal Reserve, the central bank, is the number one bondholder of the United States government. And a, and a bond is an IOU. Mm-hmm. And actually, you know, and just to, you know, you know, bond, the word bond is is, is basically a short way of saying bondage. Yeah, slavery. That's what it sounds like <laughs> to me. Yeah, okay. Well, yeah. So, 
but the government issues these bonds. Um, the these large banks buy these bonds, and then they turn around and sell these bonds to the central bank, which turns around and, and buys these bonds, and then the, the these banks give the currency to the, the the United States government, who takes those 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 dollars, that currency, and distributes through let, let's say just through the military. We're just going to talk about the military, and the those those military personnel they get their paycheck. And they put their money right back into the bank. And which, again, keeps that whole process going. So not just if, if you look at if you Google the number one employer in the United States, uh, Walmart would come up, mm-hmm. you know, or like a, a large retailer like Target, like I think Target is number three and Amazon. Mm-hmm. These companies will come up Walmart, Amazon and Target. But if you Google, if you really want to know the number one employer in the United States, it's the federal government. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Federal the, government. All the agencies, the military, the Social Security, Homeland Security, the and they have FAA. Pay, they, right. And they have a payroll. And the, these people get paid. And they put their money right back to the bank and start keeping That's why many said when they wanted again. to, under, under several past administrations, people say, why doesn't we cut back the f- size of the federal bureaucracy, which everybody, me included, says, sounds like a good idea. But then you're, that means they're going to lay off lots of people that we pay for. And those people have no money to put into the economy. Exactly. Exactly. So let me give you, let me, again, let me share this with you because in, in the, I call it, people talk about the Bible. And again, that, that, that's like a religious term that I'm trying to get away from. Uh, I started calling it the manual. Okay. You know, the, the, the manual. And like when I was in the military, um, and I hadn't gone to avionics school and I knew I wanted to be an avionics technician. My secret sauce was that I was always reading those manuals mm-hmm. when everybody was out partying and You've running talked around about it. Right. You know, I would, I would be in the shop reading those manuals, going through the dire, the wire diagrams. So when there was a, a discrepancy in, in the plane, uh, not only did I, had I researched that, you know, discrepancy, but I knew exactly I knew exactly what panel to take off, what box to check, which which cannon plug, and even the wire within that plug. I I had it down to a science. You must have been a real fun guy to hang out with here. I, let's go to the bar. No, wait a minute. I'm gonna sit home and read the manuals some more here. No, no, no. Well, don't hey, don't get me wrong, Paul. When I when I partied, I, I mean, my last name is French. I didn't have a nickname. I, that was cool enough. You know, let's hang out with French. <laughs> and I and I love to dress. I've always I've always liked nice clothes. Yeah, and right. so again, I'm just kidding you. You know, being overseas and and wearing tailored clothes and stuff. But again, like I said, when I work hard and I party hard. Yeah. But I I would use that manual to 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 overcome the shortcomings that a lot of other people had in the shop. That when they heard that discrepancy, they didn't know what it was. So in the in the manual, there's a scripture that says. The borrower is slave or servant to the lender. Yeah. And a lot of people are familiar with that term. The borrower is servant to the lender. So if you look at how our uh, economy is structured and our currency is structured and the, how the debt is structured, the United, the United States is the borrower. The Yikes. central bank is the lender. Yikes. So who's in charge? Who's really in charge? Who's really calling the shots? 
You're scaring because, me. Sounds like a conspiracy thing here. Go. No, no, no. It's not a conspiracy. It's just based on it's based on facts. If you look at if you go back and look at uh, the cause of the Great Depression. Right. Look at the cause of the Great Depression. Um, and they start interviewing these people based on the central bank. Everybody will tell you the cause of the Great Depression was the central bank because they refused. If the Bank of New York, the Central Bank of um, uh, the uh, Federal Bank and uh, Federal York, Reserve of New York, Federal yeah. Reserve Bank in New York, what they did was they, when they saw it was a problem, they infused cash in the system to where people can start pulling their money out. Right. But the Federal Reserve Bank in Washington said, "No, we're not going to do that," and they didn't infuse capital into the into those other banks. People went to the bank; they couldn't get their money out. You had a huge panic. Panic. Which is the opposite of what they did under the 2008-2007 depression, recession, whatever you want to call it. And recently with the COVID thing, suddenly we're putting trillions of dollars into the system. We're creating money here. Well, I just, we, we only got a couple minutes left here. What does this mean to me? I can't control it. I can't even understand it. So how, what's the lesson for today? You're always going to have inflation. You're always going to have these boom and bust cycles, so you just have to accept that as as reality. And our system of finance is not going to change anytime soon. I know people talk about, you know, you know, the the dollar is going to collapse and all other stuff, and people start talking about cryptocurrency and how mm-hmm. it's, it's going to be the, the the answer and digital currencies. But what I need people to understand is we're still when you talk about cryptocurrency, you're still talking about currency. Mm-hmm. And so what I want people to today to take away from this is um, Google that word currency, find out, get the definition of what currency really is and and money. See, money is something that has an a intrinsic value. Money has intrinsic value and it has future purchasing power, whereas currency has zero intrinsic value and it has zero purchasing power in the future. Just an IOU. Just it's an, an IOU. Right. And so if you have enough IOUs, but there's nobody to back those IOUs, then guess what? You have nothing. So what you in the future, what people need to do, because knowing that inflation is not going to go away, uh, people are going to pay more taxes in the future. Uh, what you want to do is share up your purchasing power for the future. And the way you do that is start looking at Having, you know, first of all, paying yourself first, which is key. We'll talk about that in future episodes. Yeah. But you but but you want to start looking at something that's going to hold its value in the future. Now we're gonna we're not gonna get into that in, in this show. No, just plant we, the idea. Right. Plant but you need to start thinking about what's going to maximize your purchasing power in the future. So, Paul, I got a I got a question for my uh for my listeners and for my viewers on YouTube. I want you to start asking yourself another question. Okay. Like, like last week, it was is based on how can I increase my service today. What I want people to ask themselves, you know, you know, basically, are you in? I mean, are you in a position? Are you where you want to be financially? That's a simple. You know, question. I want you to streamline. You, it. you asked you, me that, and I set me back. That's one of those simple questions. You go, what? I don't know. No, of course not. Are you where you want to be financially? And if you are not where you want to be financially, 
what I want you to do is get the ball rolling. First thing I want you to do, I want you to just, just download my free app. Go to, go to, uh, it, it, just text Tyrone at 36260. And if, if you don't want to just download the app, then go to my website. You can just go to tyronefrench.coach. You know, if you don't want, if you don't want to type in closing the wealth gap dot coach or closing the wealth gap dot us, just type just in your browser, tyronefrench.coach. You're going to go to my website. You're going to have a lot of information. And you also have a, uh, there's a button where you can contact me. Just hit subscribe, hit subscribe, hit contact, uh, shoot me an email. And I will be more than happy to point you in the right direction to whereas you're living that life that you are supposed to be living. Okay. All right. Uh, words of wisdom. If nothing else, I hope people keep coming back because I, I may, I'm a sinner. I keep, uh, I keep falling short of what I want, and I keep needing somebody to help pick me up and show me the way. Well, you know, Paul, if, if I'm adding value to people's life um, and it's not, it's not a burden, you know, it's not costing you anything, um, you know, I, I want you to come back. I want you to get this information. But I am going to clarify something also. Uh, there's no such thing as a free lunch. <laughs> oh, I hate that. There's there's no such in, in this universe. There's no such thing as a free lunch. It's like somebody wanted to increase their income, uh, but they have to leave their family. They have to leave home in order to do it. You know, there, there's something that you are. There's going to cost. There's a cost. There's, there's something that you're going to have to pay. There's there's a, there's a trade off. So if this trade off by getting this information is adding value then what you got to do is look at some of the other things that's not adding value in your life and maybe kind of cut those things out, mm -hmm. you know, for the time being, cut some of those things out to where you can, you can get that foundation to where you're, you're looking at your life and you're, you're, you're finding yourself in a position that you want to be in because yeah. I guarantee you you're modeling your behavior, your teaching, whether you want, whether you realize that or not, you're teaching what to do or what not to do. Well, I say what to do is come back each and every week. If nothing else, you get me thinking, and one of these days you get me acting, and one of these days I'll get out of the rut and start closing the wealth gap and get where I want to be. You know what? Creating wealth is just its an ordinary process. It's, it's, you know, really is. It, you know, I heard you, I heard you mention last week about ordinary wealth. You know, you had this aha moment that is, it's really ordinary. It's just, it's just taking these small baby steps. And you were absolutely right. It's just an ordinary process. I got to get my head wrapped around that one. Ordinary wealth. Well, that's what I come for. That's 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 what you've got me thinking now here. That's the path that we're on. How do they reach you if they want to learn more? Again, you're just going to go to TyroneFrench.coach or ClosingTheWealthGap.coach. Or if you got a phone, just text Tyrone to 36260. Thank you, sir. Till next week. Go look up currency. Look it up. That's our show for this week. Closing the Wealth Gap. The one show, the only show that shows you how to take control of your financial future. Right here in Orange County's only community radio station, octalkradio.net.